My skin is black. What you looking at? My skin is black. I feel so good to be black right now. Welcome to episode 128 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us this time. Of course, you know we are moving into the end of the year, so this is our last episode of the year. So I'll make sure you guys are tuning in the new year. We'll give you more content. But since this is our last one, of course, I have an in-studio guest, and we're going to make this one pop because yes. it's the last one of <laughs> the year. Make sure y'all sending them black notes in 2023. I want to know what your challenges are, what your obstacles are. You can send them in anonymously as well just so that we can help you. And, of course, me and whoever my guest is can comment on your whatever you need. We can give you advice and information. You also can um, send in topics that you'd like us to discuss as well. Don't forget to do your IMBNF videos. We want to tag you and share and talk about what being black in fashion means to you. So today I'm joined with Ryan C. Gale. I got to throw the C in there, right? Yes. <laughs> my middle name starts with a C too, and my last name starts with a G. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, you got to throw, throw the C. What's your middle name? Collier. Collier, I love mm-hmm. that. Last name is Griffin. Yep. Griffin. <laughs> yep. um, I'm Kobe. Kobe. Oh, nice. That's what's up. So she is a stylist, editor, and an entrepreneur, um, and her business is to support sustainable fashion. So let's talk a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. when you caught that fashion bug and you know where you're from your background all that good stuff i feel like the fashion bug has always been deep down in me since birth literally i've been surrounded by fashion just from my grandparents my grandmother my grandfather he was just so dapper and like one of our things that we would do like every weekend it seemed like every weekend like he would just pick me up and we would just go to the mall and just go shop and like Mm -hmm. um I'm originally from Washington, D.C. That's where my parents are from. That's where I was born and raised. And um, You eat mumbo sauce? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Mumbo sauce on the fried chicken wings, on the french fries, hot sauce and ketchup, mumbo sauce. It's a thing. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Like, it's just really been in me. My mom collected a lot of magazines. And growing up in the 90s and the 2000s, we had so many black magazines, mm-hmm. you know. So, it wasn't anything for me to not see myself in those magazines. Ebony and, and Jet. Ebony and, and Jet. And then and there was Honey. Oh, and then yeah. there was like Word right Up. On. And yes. then it was just I like. I forgot all yeah, about that. it was just like. <laughs> right even up, like up. Sister to Sister. Like they wow. had amazing interviews and the hair magazines. Like my next door neighbor, she was a, be- a beautician. So I used to. Um, she would do my hair and like submit those photos to the magazine. So nice. it's just. I've just been surrounded by fashion. Like since a child how how long you been in new york i've been here for 10 years oh wow 10 years this year i moved here when i was 25 okay and i'm going on year nine all right yeah 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 Yeah, so uh, i'm like i'm almost at that 10 year mark my boyfriend's like you might as well just say 10 years i'm like no it's almost nine look (laughs) i'm not 35 yet (laughs) i'm not even 34 yet i got a couple more weeks yeah leave me alone you capricorn Mm -hmm. me too the 27th oh okay okay yeah (laughs) caps right come on come on i'm assuming we're in the same age range too yeah Yeah. i'll be 31 okay yep sure Mm -hmm. is all right so tell me a little bit about like what trends you see like in the industry right now and where what pieces of clothing do you feel that most people need to have in their closet let's just go for the fall winter what do they need because i know it's gonna change up Mm -hmm. in spring summer fall winter season i mean i feel like the trends they always recycle i feel like styles and everything come back always come back and circle around 
Um, like I'm more on the sustainability side. I'm a minimalist and I just try to like always just not overbuy. I like to buy things that make sense and that I can use time and time again. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously denim, like that's a trend, but that's just something that never like ever goes out of style. But mm-hmm. it's what's heavy on the runway a lot. A lot of um designers and collections produce like a lot of denim looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really not, like, a trend expert because, like, I'm inspired by what the kids are doing on, on the street, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, like, you know, what I see in my community, in my neighborhood. But um, I love to just shop for those pieces, like, those quality pieces because I always think it's best to have quality over quantity. And during the, during the winter seasons, I will always recommend, like, wool or like cashmere and it's like you don't even have to buy that stuff brand new like i love vintage i love secondhand shopping and Mm -hmm. so like those type of pieces i think is necessary to have all you got to do you can rewear that take it to the cleaners once or twice a year and just wear it again you know true Um, do you what tips well what tips what are like I feel like there's a skill set to have to go out and buy secondhand clothing mm-hmm. and like to buy vintage clothing. Mm-hmm. So for someone who is trying to maybe, you know, get their wardrobe more sustainable and to be more of like a thrifter. Yeah. What advice do you get? Like, is there a certain day a week you should go? Cause I remember one time I went into one in Bushwick, not that far from my studio. And I had good intention to go through and I'm like, Oh my God, it's too many racks in here. Yeah. It's too many people in here. And I walked right on out the door. One thing I can say is like, so there's a difference between like thrifting and then like shopping vintage. Mm-hmm. A lot of vintage shops have like curated collections. So okay. it's like, you really don't have to do too much sourcing. Okay. But if you go to like the thrift shop, like a Salvation Army or like a Goodwill or something like that, you will get a really cheap item, but you really have to source. And I mean like source, I mean go through each piece on the rack piece by piece. And that's time consuming, mm-hmm. you know? It's really like you got to when you if you're going to vent thrift shop, you really got to be in the right mindset because you never know. You can't like go pull up and be like, oh, I'm going to I need denim. Let me just pull up for denim because it probably won't be no good denim that day. You definitely have to be open minded um, when you're thrifting. But there's so many different vintage shops that's already curated and they will be a little pricier because somebody already sourced it out for you. True. Um. That's how Sophia, uh, the girl boss, that's how she started her business. Have you seen the, the Netflix show? Uh-huh. And yeah. I thought it was on eBay. She started on eBay, yeah, right? She started yeah. on eBay. And she, did you see the show? And she has a show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And on the She show, had a book, too. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I never, I never read the book. Nasty but, girl. like, the, the show, the way she was, like, finding those, like, she literally made the, the guy at the venture store, like, open up so she could see everything before anybody else could see it mm-hmm. or whatever. And she started selling the stuff on eBay. But there was a whole vintage community that was coming down on her on the blogs saying that she, like, because she would repurpose and stuff. She would buy vintage clothing, cut it up, so make it look different or whatever. So they were shunning her like, you are taking timeless pieces and you were basically fucking them up and you're not honing in on, like, the value of these pieces. Do you find that, like, when you do, like, vintage shopping and stuff like that, that you constantly have to alter the items and stuff like that or change them up? Or do you feel like that you like the way they are and you just kind of go with them? Mm. I mean, for for my personal use, I definitely have taken things to the tailor mm-hmm. to get it fit. And I think, like, a lot of clothes should be tailored. Like, you know, we can't... We're not all just one size fit all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's necessary to have things tailored to actually fit your body. I haven't done a lot of, like, repurposing with clothes, mm-hmm. but I have, like 
taking some things and like bought something super big or something super long and mm-hmm. had it cut or added a split to it, you right. know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. I, I feel like people are always going to have something to say always. about <laughs> about <Always>. anything. <laughs> like, I didn't know that they was mad at her for yeah. like. Read. They literally have, was talking so much shit about her online and stuff. And I'm That's just like, crazy. <laughs> it was people who own other. It was people who own other vintage shops too. And they were yeah. just like pissed. And I'm just like, why does it? This girl going out there buying shit with her money and doing whatever she want to do with it and selling it for more. Y'all just pissed that y'all didn't think of they the was first. hating. Yeah, yeah, they was definitely hating <laughs> without doubt. So tell me a little bit about your business. Um, so by Kobe, um, I started it last year, 2021. Um, as a stylist, like I just always collect and I just have lots of pieces for different shoes for different clients and um and it's always pretty much like those quality pieces that I was saying, like wool, silks, leather th- and things like that. And I have a lot of friends who've always asked me like, Ryan, like you you go thrifting and you always find like really cool things. So I just created by Kobe as an extension of that to just curate different pieces for you know friends or whoever is interested in shopping like curated secondhand um to do that through me Mm -hmm. so the first drop was with the vintage line was a leather Mm -hmm. and then i did a second drop which was like designer some designer pieces that i had sourced and then um by kobe itself it's just like a cozy line where i sell like pullovers and biker shorts and like soft um drop socks like really cozy stuff like how gotcha. i'm dressed right now athleisure, athleisure. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah is that what's your favorite you would say that's your favorite category is athleisure um it's one of them you mm-hmm. know I, I like to be comfortable but also within my comfortable cozy oversized clothes i also like to just add a touch of feminine to it so i got the sweatsuit on with the boot today the heel boot um so yeah I read, well, I read that from your questionnaire that one of your biggest accomplishments is moving to New York <laughs> and making it here. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, like that transition from coming away from home, because I feel like that's often the question that I get often. It was just like, you, you move because I'm originally from Chicago. Okay. Born and raised. And then when I came yes. here, everyone was like, do you like it? How do you like it? Yeah. Like, you moved there by yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm like, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I made it do what it do. Yeah. So can you talk about like your experience, like just moving and what that what that shift was like for you? It was so crazy because I always dreamed of living in New York. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, my mom collected magazines and I would just cut them up and like paste it all over my wall. Like yeah, I'm moving to the big city one day. Um, but yeah, after college, uh, three of my best friends we had all graduated together, and they were like, we moving to New York. One of my best friends was like, I'm pursuing modeling and acting. The other one's like, I'm pursuing dancing. And the other one was getting ready to go to grad school uh, out here. And I was like, well, I want to do fashion. Mm-hmm. But it was even still scary because I didn't know. Like, It was like, yeah, we talking about it. But they were like so serious. Like, okay. Ryan, we going. And I was like, y'all, I don't know if I'm going to go. But <laughs> they was like, all right, Ryan, we're going to see you deuces. And they was right. out. And I was like, nah, I'm actually going. So we moved here. We didn't know. Where we How needed to stay, it? it's four of us all four together. Okay, we didn't know where we wanted, where we needed to stay. We found something on Craigslist, super cheap, I think, mm-hmm. um, all the way out in Brownsville. So we oh, were so yeah, so far, <laughs> but we could afford it. Right, and I mean, it was the four of us. Uh, it was great. Like when we first moved, we had. <laughs> 
crazy. We had one mattress and we were just all one queen size mattress. We were just all sleeping on it really? in the living room floor until like everybody got jobs and we were just able to like get our own things from there. So I was really lucky to have my compu- my community and my friends to move so out here was with me like, together. Yeah, I was 21. Yeah, like 21, uh, 20, wow. 21, yeah. 22. Um, yeah, and we just all moved out here to, together. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I came by myself. Yeah, and I, and I can only imagine how scary that, that probably was. You know was. what's crazy? I was not scared because okay. I, before that, I had already started traveling by myself. Okay. So okay. I got into, like, I came here. The first time I even came to visit, I came by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, so once I got into the, and then I went to LA by myself, and once I got in the room and just, like, traveling by myself because I didn't want to wait for nobody. Mm hmm. It was it, it. just seemed like second nature to me. I was the first one out of my friend group with my own apartment. I got my own apartment when I was nineteen years old. Wow! And in I Chicago, moved, in Chicago, girl. Yes, and I, girl. And I, and I never had a roommate, so I made it work. See, there. listen. And I lived there. And even when I came here, I didn't have no roommates. I figured that shit. You out figured it out. You ain't had, had no roommate. I ain't never had no roommate. I love that. No, that's and it major was though. Fashion that supported yeah. me. Like yeah. I was. I had a degree in design, mm-hmm. so. They of course they didn't want to give me a fucking design job, but yeah. you know, fucking retail's always there. <laughs> always <laughs> retail for the win, girl. Yeah. And retail just always was able to help me get to where I wanted to go. But um, yeah, I just figured it out. Like I, I love I, that. I, I was anti. I did have one roommate, girl. That first year at college when I was eighteen. Okay, yeah. And, and I went like, to the dorms, oh. and I I went to Northern Illinois University. Mm-hmm. And of course they met you or whoever. And it was this white girl, and she was Polish, and she was just so fucking nasty mm. that she just gave me a bad experience. And I, I was just imagine. like, I trans girl, I transferred. I didn't just just I transferred <laughs> schools. I was just like, like, I'm not this doing ain't this. Any, I'm not over here. It was a. a was that POW predominantly white school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of those. Mm. One of those schools. I was just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm going back to Ooh. Chicago. I'm gonna go to Columbia. I'm gonna give me an apartment. And I did. Did that. you graduate from Columbia? Columbia College, Chicago. Yes, mm-hmm. I got accepted into into that school, and I looked at the tuition. I was like, what? Forty thousand a girl, year? I'm still a in debt year? right now. <laughs> I was like, yo. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be in debt to well, until uh, somebody comes. Well, no, I think they're wiping some of that shit away. I hope some so. Is going away, but yeah, the school was expensive, and I originally didn't have enough. To even stay in the dorms, because mm. my plan was to stay in the dorms. Yeah, that shit was like another twenty thousand dollars on top of the tuition. But because I didn't get the dorms, I had got that refund got that money refund. back, and, and that's what helped pay for that campus. apartment. Okay. Yeah, that's what helped pay for that apartment, girl. Because I and oh, I was wow. working at West Seal, and then West Seal checks were hitting. <laughs> and then West Seal checks was not hitting the way they did, but the refund. So how was Columbia? I loved it. I think it That's had. Good. I think Columbia has a really good program for fashion. They have a stylist program. Too. I, that was what I was going to go there to go to the stylist program. They had a program. fashion stylist program, a fashion design program, and they had a fashion business program. Yeah, and they and were I, the only like school I saw that had an actual stylist program. Yeah, and a lot of schools don't have. Now, the one thing I loved about Columbia is that it had a what they call an interdisciplinary major, mm-hmm. meaning you can make up your own fucking major, mm-hmm. and you would pick your whole thing. Like I you saw would, that you too. would get a BA, but you would literally create your own fucking degree yeah, and yeah. pick your classes so because at first my ass like oh i want to dance and i want to do fashion so i want to own a company where we would do the choreography or whatever the- for like videos and concerts and shit but then we would also make the clothes because you got to know how to move i love in that the fucking clothes girl it went out the window i got up there it was like i ain't about to dance <laughs> That shit went out the window. But I think their programs at Columbia was really, really dope, especially for people like in the artist field or whatever. They had very specific majors, like even in, in film and in dance and in the theater departments and in photography. Girl, they got a degree in poetry. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's such an art school. It's, it's such an yeah, art school. Yeah. I, I would honestly say I loved it, and it taught me a lot of like my foundational work because I came here 
and not to shit on New York in any type mm. of way, but like the FITs and the Parsons and stuff here, these kids don't know shit. Mm. Like they don't know how to construct girls. To me, sometimes the simplest garment, like they don't know how to put together a fucking bra. Mm. Don't know how to make men's clothes. Don't know how to make kids' clothes. Like they know how to make small women's clothes, but if less you put a plus size woman in front of them, don't they don't know how to make no clothes. Yeah. Like yeah. I just think it's just interesting that these school, those schools have like the big reputation and they don't even teach these kids like uh, first of all they ain't got no fashion stylist program I don't believe but it's they're New not York. even teaching yeah don't sip on Chicago yeah. the, Chicago, the Chicago <laughs> scene the creative scene is definitely it and I knew it I was just like I can't afford it <laughs> <laughs> it was nice but yeah it was fucking expensive which is why I'm in debt to my eyeballs so but it's okay it's okay it's gonna, it's, I'm, I'm gonna fuck be alright fuck that day fuck that day we gonna have that shit forever I, 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 every time they talk about a loan pay with my ass be like deferred deferred okay. I, don't, I don't care how much money I make that shit will always be different. I'm not paying it back. I don't care. I'm not giving it I back don't got to it. you. I'm sorry. Free. I don't <laughs> got it. I don't got it. <laughs> that should be free. So I'm saying in your bio too that you're also an editor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you work like with different magazines or something? So um, I worked at Bustle Digital Group. Um, and I was the market editor there. Um, and that was my first like editorial experience outside of like styling mm-hmm. um i learned so much there i was working under mecca james william who's just like an awesome friend and an amazing stylist and creative um now and yeah that was just like a really great time because i didn't go to school for fashion right um i studied education in school so i mean i knew i wanted to style i knew i wanted to work with clothes i knew i didn't want to design mm-hmm. but i never knew about like the fashion journalism side you mm-hmm. know like i never knew about that side um and so it was just really amazing to just grab grab some of that experience from there gotcha so mm-hmm. what are your long-term goals um i would get something in the next three to I would love to just continue to grow by Kobe as a brand. Um, more collaborations, um, more styling um, collaborations with like campaigns. Like one of my goals is to like do something for like Nike or like Sephora or like you know when just like I don't know a really big red carpet moment like mm-hmm. Matt Gala or the Grammys or you know like. Everything that I'm doing now, just taking it to the next level and just continue to grow and um, expand financially, too, you know? Since you majored in education, do you ever see yourself maybe doing, like, styling classes? or something? Definitely. That is something that I'm looking forward to in, uh, in the new year, um, just giving back and working with the youth. Like, I've always had a passion for working with children and fashion, mm-hmm. um, and now I feel like I'm at a point where I can merge the two and i'm really excited about that well you should be you should join join the black girls designer club yes yeah like it's a non-for-profit and Mm -hmm. we offer free mentorship and coaching from girls ages 6 to 22 oh wow about six mentors Mm -hmm. some of us most of us stay in new york but we have some in other cities too but that's what we do we like help and mentor like the youth or whatever and then like you and your mentee would spend like one day a week together like however your schedule was permitted but you should definitely i love that let's yeah yes you gotta let me know yeah send in my way I, I will. So once you tell me you want to, I will give you a new member induction. Get you right on in there. Get you put up on the website, 
because we do get a lot of little girls that not necessarily wants to design but wants to style too and most of our mentors are designers mm-hmm. so it'd be nice to have like a sector where like the girls want to focus like on styling and stuff like and that that's too. what i want to do i feel like too i think it's necessary for us to get back into to trade you know mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people forget about like just the little things like hand sewing on a button or mm-hmm. you know like tailoring a pair of jeans to actually fit you yeah. you know like their skill in trading and trading, I think. I like, try. I, I, <laughs> I, I try. I offer sewing. I do sewing Saturdays. So mm-hmm. I teach sewing on Saturdays. Teach uh, pattern making and draping like on Thursdays. But I find that it be so many people. They, they just want it to be done, honey. Mm-hmm. Like I be trying. And there's some creators that do, but the classes is open. And I have them like customized where you can come in there and work on your own projects and I can teach you how to make whatever you want. But people don't always take advantage of those. Yeah. I have people that fly from different states to come and take those classes. Mm-hmm. But like the local kids or whatever. Because they don't see the benefits of it right now, especially with just everything being so instant. We living in this just instant, you know, yeah. social media world. But as you get older, it's necessary to have those skills and just being able to know how to do stuff on your own instead right. of always outsourcing. So I think that's, I think that's really dope what you're doing. Thank you. Yes, yes. So I have a little seg- little segment it's called "It's a Success." Okay. Or oh, it's a disaster. Oh, okay. So I want you to tell me about a time in your business where something went completely bad or completely to shit, but you learned something mm. from the experience that made you a better business owner. I have one for you. Um, it's my first red carpet experience. It was the the Waco Gala, um, and um, my client, a very successful businesswoman. I never met her in person. I was referred, um, so most of my work comes through referrals. And I got her measurements and everything. Um, I shopped and everything for her. We did a virtual fitting. She was in LA. I hired an assistant. You know, like everything was just like perfect. I had my kit and everything that I sent out there to her. Um, the fitting, the dresses was incredible. We were able to pick a dress. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, my tailor like canceled last minute so I had to find another tailor in LA because we had to crop the the dress. Oh, okay. Um so we found another tailor and um we had to get it done super last minute but you know the tailors in LA they're on red carpets every day so it's right. nothing for them to like sew something up really quickly. Right. Um so yeah he sewed it up. We did another FaceTime and um when she got to the event the stitching like we couldn't cut the dress because it was a sample mm-hmm. but the the stitching the hem fell out mm-hmm. oh my god so i called the tailor he came back we did it i didn't get on facetime because i just felt like i didn't want to overwhelm her that was my first time working with her mm-hmm. and i felt like this is his second time he saw what happened he's gonna make it work right mm-hmm. i got a like call from her like 20 minutes later and it fell out again so it was just like she had to go on stage, present her award, and, like, really walk around with this gown, you know? And her hem was out. Like, I felt horrible. Like, it was oh, a complete wow. disaster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was very apologetic to her. I even, like, sent her flowers and things like that. But, like, it was totally out of my hand. But it was right. definitely a learning lesson. A learning lesson. So it was just like, what did I learn from that? I need to... I have my personal kit for my assistant. Mm-hmm. But um, moving forward, I just need to have kits for my clients for emergencies like that. Safety True. pins, you know, a little needle and thread. If you could just sew it up yourself and some double stick tape to right. just kind of like have for her, you gotcha. know. 
And just also making sure that I'm able to meet my client in mm-hmm. person so I can know, you know, like right. get the full scope of your measurements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. They yeah, was... also have a, a, <laughs> fucking some better seamstresses on your roller. Yeah, he yeah. Just, he made you look bad. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That wasn't even your fault. Yeah, that too. But it's hard. Uh, good help is hard to find. Like, yeah. It really is. And I mean, I had to take the blame for it, yeah, you know, because hired I hired him. Yep. Been down, done that. Yeah. Job. I didn't took the blame for some girl I didn't had. <laughs> yeah. You had an experience like I've, that before? No, I've had worse. Oh, girl, ooh. Because of my stuff, a lot of mine, because like the price point that people are paying for me to create like a clothing line for mm-hmm. them, we're talking about $10,000 10, mm-hmm. above or whatever. And I hire, of course, I got employees and stuff like that. And they would fuck stuff up all the time like mm. finding good help is really hard like to the point where like people would be so mad girl that they have girl like lawsuits like mm. all a lawsuits against you girl yeah i would Ooh. say by this year maybe four child what yeah four <laughs> oh my god but it's like i mean i don't i don't i don't really give a fuck about sharing them it's like that because i know that i didn't do nothing wrong and i always have contracts that's mm-hmm. one thing I yeah have. now contracts is that's i always have contracts and stuff like that and if my employee fucks up I'm going to go the extra mile to fix whatever I have. But sometimes even when you're trying to fix something, some people just don't want to be solution oriented Mm -hmm. or they just so upset and so into their emotions or whatever that they're not thinking clearly or whatever, because yeah, you can sue me, baby. You can take me to court, but I got lawyers too. And I am all, I'm always lawyered up and I didn't do nothing wrong. (laughs) So I'm lawyered up, girl. I got three attorneys. Necessary. I am lawyered up because people, especially when they spend a lot too, but also like, Keep a level head, and I feel like in every any situation, like you, you gotta be solution oriented. Mm-hmm. You had a solution, you got another tailor. Okay, boom, well, let's try this. Let me call him back. So staying in that mind frame and just being someone who's easy to deal with. I know you're upset, and anybody would be upset, but finding the solution, yeah, staying that way in litigation is sometimes their solution because I'd like to throw it out there, and I ain't no bitch, I ain't gonna back down. So. <laughs> Let them know. I'm not. I'm like, so like, okay, here go my lawyer number, like because at the end of the day, I know I haven't done anything wrong. I fulfill. I always make sure I fulfill my contractual obligation. Yes, that's one thing I'm always gonna do. Yeah. So if you want to sue me because you masters and spend your money, um, paying for my lawyers too, because that's what's in that contract. Too, you got to pay for my legal fees too Ooh. when this shit is over with. Like, that's <laughs> like read that contract. Read that contract. <laughs> but I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But I think that that customer client relationship is something that stylists deal with often, the designers deal with, anybody in the service based business, mm-hmm. period. And I think that from a client standpoint, they also have to take accountability in their parts in it, too. So I can only do what you give me, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also, I ain't your slave neither. And it has to be boundaries there, too. And I feel like I've heard so many, like, stories way worse than yours yeah. even just the way people speak to you and talk to you after you made a mistake like you're not a fucking human mm-hmm. you know like and mm-hmm. i don't like that and i feel like i hear the worst stories with styles and then not getting paid oh and yeah not having budgets and, yeah. and i'm just like so what you think these people out here doing they going shopping for hours and hours and hours on hours and then having to return things mm-hmm. trying to please it's just like a lot of so people don't understand respect for people's time, especially styles. i'll be like I've been to knock somebody out, girl. <laughs> if you if you haven't actually done the work and seen what it takes to go in, you know, a lot of people don't really understand, and and that's what I'm learning too. Like, um, two years. This is like my second year, like freelancing full time all the way um, as a stylist, and so it's just like I'm learning that. I've learned this year, like contracts are super super important and having that lawyer is super super important and that's something that i'm taking to with me into the new year because i can't and the, i 
grow, the more you grow, the more problems I feel like. And I, I hate to say that because growth, because like you want to see the, the best in growth, but I'm a roll with B.I.G. More money, more problems. Because mm-hmm. the more you grow, the more people, like if you even did the slightest one thing wrong to them, they would try to come back and haunt you. Girl, I looked at my Google reviews one day and I was just like, some of y'all is mad bad. <laughs> like, and then I, I, and I don't respond back because I'm not going to let you take my piece or anything like that. But I did make a general statement like, y'all do know what y'all, when y'all started in a business like with me, I was also brand new a business owner. I also am human. I also make mistakes too, but I've tried to the best of my abilities to, to fulfill it. that. But mm-hmm. you knew coming through the door that it was a small team. It was a new business. Da, da, da. So what, where's your accountability on that too? Mm-hmm. Like I can only do as much as you let me do, mm-hmm. you know? So they people, girl, they just be upset. child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people just going to be upset. Nothing people you can do. And that's the, that's the industry, the service industry. Okay. Can't please everybody. You can. You gotta have, I guess, do you vet? And that's my, my, my final question is like, when you are getting new clients, do you vet them? Like to make sure, cause every client, customer client, you know, relationship is not always going to work out. Like every business relationship isn't for everyone. Do you have like a process where you even make sure a consultation, make sure that this person meshes well with you mm-hmm. and how you work? Like, how do you vet your clients? Well, my clientele is uh, pretty, it's not, um, it's not a lot, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, most of them come from referral. Mm-hmm. Um, and the referrals that do come in are usually aligning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we do have like a consultation depending on what the the job requires or what they need from me, you know. They but I'm not, ne- yeah, I've never really had to like turn down anyone because it hasn't really been aligning, you okay. know. Not there yet. Well, thank God. No, we happy. Yeah. Now, so before we wrap up, my last little uh, segment is it's a muse. Okay. So if you just want to share a book, a mantra, a quote, a prayer, anything that continues to motivate you that you think um, would help someone else and inspire someone else. Mm, um. Let me think. I feel like I. I mean, for me, as of lately, um, I definitely try to move in attention, you know, and even when I wake up in the morning, like I'm very attentional with just like putting my phone on the other side of the room. So I'm not looking at social media as soon as I wake up. Cause that can be draining sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And like, even before I go to bed, like writing out all of the things that I want to get, get done the next day. Um, and just, you know, um, I'm a very spiritual person. So, you know, just praying and giving thanks and just, um. Yeah, just moving in spirit and just always being thankful and grateful for everything that I have, and not really worrying about the things that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Taking it day by day. I hear that. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me. I just want to throw out your social media so people know how to get in contact with you and how to connect with you. And of course, I'll put this in the show notes as well. Yeah. So, um, you can follow me on Instagram. That's Ryan C. Gale. R Y A N C. G-A-L-E, and you can also follow my business page by Kobe. That's B-Y-C-O-L-B-Y underscore. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. As I always say, people, stay black. Peace out. (laughs) Thank you.